Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andrego, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On today's episode, I'm welcoming in Sarah Panous, who is a brand storytelling strategist, podcast host of Marketing with Empathy, and owner of Kindred, Kindred Speak Consulting. Gosh, I got to catch my words there. Pulling from 20 years of experience helping billion-dollar brands drive leading ROI through editorial brand storytelling, she helps content marketers and brands more confidently navigate the world of brand storytelling. Previous clients include Sleep Number, Christos Bridal, Nestle Waters, Starbucks, Pet Safe, and the American Heart Association. Sarah works with clients by either doing the work for them through her agency services or coaching them to think like editorial directors in one of her online courses. And you can visit kindredspeak.com to learn more about Sarah. But without further ado, please welcome in Sarah Panous. Sarah, welcome. Hey, Brian. Thank you. So happy to be here. You know, it's funny. Before we were starting to record, we were talking about, and congrats on two years doing your podcast. And, you Thank know, I've been you. doing this for over five. You still stumble over the words. You still <laughs> you still Absolutely. go through it. It's just how it is. Oh, man. We're human. We're going to fumble a little bit. Oh, That's gosh. okay. It's just, you know, that's why I'm more like having the conversation versus reading off, but whatever. Mm -hmm. So welcome. This is awesome. Good to connect again. I know we chatted uh, probably about a little over a month ago. Um, So good to uh, chat. I'm I'm curious to dive more into your story because, you know, you're one of those, I I look at all these great guests I've had and and kind of the just get started moment and and folks that are kind of leveraging that, you know, kind of thinking and you've done that, right? Um, you know, where you were five, 10 years ago, totally different than what you're doing today. And, and I want to dive deeper into that and also get into some, I think, from a content marketing standpoint, there's some things we can help folks with. So um, I thought we'd start here if we can, because, you know, with just get started, it's always like, well, she's doing all these stuff. I can't do that. I've never, you know, I, I, nah, that's, I got a lot going on in my life. Can you share with everyone before we Talk about your getting started moment and kind of how you transitioned to, to doing what you're doing today. Can you go back like three years, five years, pick a point before you started? Like what was life like in 2018? Because uh, I want everyone to get a picture of like where Sarah was at. Like you were just kind of the every person. You were just living life, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So 2018, I was working in corporate and had been for all my career minus a few years on the agency side. Um, so at that point, I was probably, let's see, 17-ish years, eight, 16-ish years into corporate. And I was working for Sleep Number, a large billion-dollar retailer. And I think I was either, I was probably either one of two roles. I was either running their social team still at that time. I can't remember if I had just transitioned off of it then or starting their brand new content marketing strategy function. So one of the two, it was in that cusp right in that area there. And so working full-time, you know, corporate job um, here in Minnesota, which is where I'm based, going into the office every day um, and having a team, like, you know, just running the day-to-day I was going from meeting to meeting to meeting um, because it was super busy uh, in our environment and what I did. And so I always kind of was at a place where I felt exhausted at the end of the day and didn't always have as much time to think during the day as I would have liked because I was in so many meetings and answering calls and, and, and all the time. And so I was really at a point, though, where. Actually, this is a good time frame because 2019 is when we get into my getting started moment where I was into the point at that point where I was like, okay, I've been on the corporate and the agency side for a long time now. And I was kind of, I was getting the itch for something a little different and I was trying to figure out what that was. So actually right around that time is when I just started um, 
reading and doing different research online to kind of think about well, what do I want to do next, you know? And I think it was 2018 when I got a book called Pivot by Jenny Blake um, at, at my local Barnes and Noble store. I was in it and saw it on the end cap and I'm like, it spoke to me and it was all about pivoting and what you want to do next in your life and consumed that and did all the exercises in it. And it was amazing. And it actually kind of started, it planted a seed for me to get my thoughts in order of what I was going to do next. But yeah, mom, two, two young kiddos, you know, just going the day-to-day -day grind, um, going about, going about my life. Did you have like, even before 2018, did you think about like running your own business or kind of that, you know, the entrepreneurial thoughts or yeah. were you, were you brought up with the, you get a job, you work your way up the corporate ladder, have a few kids, life's good. Like what was that thought process of growing up for you? So I'm, I'm a, I'm someone who never wanted to run my own business. I was never interested in it. It seemed like, gosh, that seems like so much extra work and stress and having to build it all yourself. I liked working for someone else and having that it, at, in my mind at the time, you know, that guaranteed paycheck, you know, that, that money coming in. Now we've realized obviously none of that is guaranteed right. as we can see by all the layoffs and things that happen, right? None, none of it's guaranteed ever. So that was a, that was an old mindset for me that I just had to get over, but no, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. It's so funny. So my parents, I grew up on a small farm in Minnesota and my parents both own and run this farm. And so looking back on it, I was like, well, I guess my parents were very entrepreneurial, you know, running their own business and doing that but in my mind it was go to college get a great job work my way up the ladder which I did make good money right I got married I got the kids like everything was great um I I initially didn't want to have my own business but when I worked in corporate I definitely had a very entrepreneurial spirit because I took ownership of the projects and things that we were doing but yeah no it's it's kind of like a surprise for me and I really started getting that itch um in 2019, actually, was when I figured, hey, you know what? I, I am going to do something where I'm working for myself. Well, I, I think you make a great point. And I think we can all take from that is that even if you're working for a big corporation, you're kind of in your own little business. I, I, I think of this from a sales mm -hmm. realm as like, I'm creating my own business. I'm setting up my schedule. I'm setting up calls. I'm doing the things that I need to do. So you're kind of running. Yes, you have someone that's telling you, hey, you kind of have to be here to keep paying you type thing. But for the most part, like you have to do your own thing and you have to have some of that responsibility. I think that's where a lot of, I mean, I even struggle with this too, like trying to you know, kind of grow a business on the side is like building that responsibility and like, hey, this is on me. I have to do it. It's not someone else telling me, right? Was that a struggle? When, and we'll kind of get into this, like you kind of taking the leap and doing your own thing. Was that a, a struggle when you first started? Um, was that responsibility, like setting schedules, like I have to do this if I want to make money? Well, so for me, I've always had this incredible work ethic. Honestly, I always like worked too much, to be honest, when I was on the corporate side. Something I learned and realized going through COVID, right? That realization of why am I making myself so crazy all the time working all these hours? Um, so I, it really was about, um, I would say, Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. I just totally lost track of what the initial question was. Could you just repeat that? Oh, yeah, part? no, no, I just no, had, like, no, no, no. <laughs> no worries. Oh no, gosh. I'm just kind of you know thinking about like the responsibility side. Like again, when you have someone saying, show up yes. this time, do this, when you have to yeah, do yeah, that yeah. yourself. I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. I know I get excited. No, no, no. It's it's but. okay. I just started like picturing what it was and then I totally lost my train of thought. See, it happens to me too. I've been podcasting for two years. 
Um, the response. So really, no, I didn't have that much of a hard. I haven't had that much of a hard time with the responsibility aspect because I'm just one of my key strengths has always been responsibility and like making things happen. But if you're not that type of a driven person, of course, but I will say, you know, when I do work in like different, um, I've had, had hired different coaches and things to help me throughout this journey. It is, I am even more driven when I have someone else in a group, right? That, that accountability factor pushes me even more. Um, but you have to be wicked organized and motivated to self-motivate yourself when you're an entrepreneur, 100%. So let's go to, let's go to the opportunity here that kind of just crept up on you to uh, make this jump, if you will. Yeah. Um, and that was 2020, right? During. Uh, it was actually right before, right before COVID. Right so before the end COVID. of 2019 okay. is when I started my side hustle, yeah. which then eventually turned into my full-time business that I do now. Yeah. So before, and so connect the dots here. Cause again, this is helpful. You were kind of starting things before you actually, I think you got furloughed, right? initially. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. You started something though on your own before that even happened. Yeah, definitely. So let, let's walk back. I can kind of talk about the key points leading up to my getting like how I got started to what I'm doing now. Um, yeah. So was working full time in corporate and had that itch. Like I explained of like, you know, I've worked for this. I had worked for the brand that I was with for many, many years. And I think like 12 years at that point, which is a really long time to stay with one company. And I was like, you know, I love the work I do. It's so creative, but I want to help other brands. I want to help and work on other clients. I don't want to pigeonhole myself. I don't want to like miss out on opportunities, right? I creatively just wanted to keep expanding, but I really liked the work I was doing. So it's kind of in this conundrum. And I was um, talking with a wellness coach of mine, a friend of mine, and we were kind of chatting through this whole thing. And I was telling her at that moment, I was like, gosh, should I leave my job or should I like start my own thing? Like, it just seemed super risky at the time for me. I was like, this is kind of nerve wracking to think about going all in on my own. Like there's the financial risk. I have a family, we have a mortgage, we have all the things. Right. And as I was talking to her about it, she was like, well, why couldn't you do both? And I was like, what do you mean? And she, and, and I was, she was like, why couldn't you do both? Why couldn't you just keep working for your, it was with sleep numbers who I was working with. Why couldn't you just keep working with sleep number and help other clients? And that's when like, I had started thinking about like the side hustle. And my first reaction to her, Brian was, oh, they'll never be okay with that. Like that was just like instantly I was like shutting it down. Like that's not even a possibility. Um, and then she said to me, well, how do you know? Have you asked? And I was like, no, well, well pointed out. Right. So, um, long story short, it ended up, I went to my HR team. I went to my current boss and I was like, Hey, is there anything against me doing like a side hustle? Would you guys be okay if I did consulting on the side? And they were right. Like they were totally fine. As long as it wasn't competitive conflict, as long as I wasn't doing it during my work hours, I could do whatever I wanted to right in my own free time. <clears throat> So that opened up this whole world for me of realizing, you know, things aren't always A and B, black and white, one choice or the second choice. And you had teased out, you said the power of the third choice. This really started that for me of realizing in my career and over the last three years, there's been a lot of key moments where I had kind of boiled it down to two choices, only to realize there is this better third choice that kind of is the best of both worlds. And 
every time I've limited myself, it's been because of my own limiting beliefs. Like in that example I just shared, I was just thinking, no, they would never be okay with that. Like, that's not even a thing I could even do when I didn't even freaking asked, like how often, like, I wonder how many times do we do that in our lives? We just make up an answer for a scenario that maybe we just, because we don't think we can, we're nervous about asking someone about it. So it's just better to not even try than just to ask. Like, I think that's such a shame. So I'm really grateful that my wellness coach at the time had pointed that out for me because it was just like an obvious, well, why couldn't you do both? So yes. So then the end of 2019, I technically started my kindred speak consulting business as a side hustle, had everything set up. Um, I had a couple of clients in the queue and then we get into 2020 and COVID boom. Right. Um, and what happened was I was in my full-time job. I ended up being furloughed for 90 days along with 40% of the entire company. It's a lot of people at a huge brand. And during that time, I was like, okay, world, (laughs) I'm furloughed. I'm going to go all in on this side hustle. So it was perfect because I had already had everything set up. You know, I had my site, I had some, you know, people I'd been talking about stuff. So I just went all in during COVID. I was just crazy when I was on furlough working a lot just to figure out like, okay, well, what could this look like if I did do this full time? And when it came time then after those 90 days, I knew the discussion was going to come back up with my with my boss to be like, am I coming back or not? You know, are they going to want invite me to, or am I going to get laid off? Like, is like, you know, all the, all the stressors and worries or what's going to happen. And for me, what I realized during those 90 days was I did not want to go. I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to go back full-time. Um, I loved working with them, but I did not want it to be on a full-time basis. And so I always laugh because then at that point it was like, Oh, do you, you know, what do you do? And that whole thing. But what happened from it, I joke because I tell people, well, I lost my job, but I gained my first consulting client, my full-time consulting client. So they ended up, um, I didn't want to go back full-time. So they ended up hiring me on as a consultant and I consulted with them then for like the next two years, they're a huge client of mine. And it was such a blessing because what an amazing, like huge first big client to have other than the company, you know, so much about and have been working with for so many years. So for me, it was a really easy transition into doing it full time. Um, so yeah, so that's well, kind of like the basis of how that went through COVID. Well, you, again, you make a good point going back to that kind of third option, right? Is like, you could have went back and just like, ah, I'm going to suck it up. I'll just go back full time. But the fact you're like, well, yeah. let's just let's tease this out. Let's even see if this even makes sense. Oh, they're open to it. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's go forward with it. So I think, I mean, again, that this all comes down because at the end of the day, there's luck involved of everything, right? The op, but it's also grabbing that opportunity, right? Luck comes up but do we always grab it? So I think you kind of had that mix of, okay, luckily they were open to it. Well, you went and yeah. grabbed it. And then you said, Hey, I'm going to go forward with this, you know? Yeah. Well, and here's the difference too, because I've talked with some folks on this and and I realized I was really fortunate because I had a great boss when I was full-time who was open to hearing these conversations. But even if I didn't, and if someone's listening and they don't have that environment and they're scared about having a conversation with whomever it needs to be, I think you just have to go into the conversation and I did with every conversation I went in knowing I may not get the response I want and I have to be okay with that. And so I, in my head just prepped like, okay, if they say, you know, the thing I want, great. Like this is the way we could go. If they don't, 
I have to be okay with that. And it's not the end of the world. So in any time I've had these hard conversations, I think that's a tip I would just share is just be okay with that and prepare yourself because it's not always going to be a yes. Um, and that's okay. But I've had like so many other moments throughout my career too, where those things happen. Like, like when I was mentioning, you know, should I, I had moments where I was like, should I stay with the company or should I leave? Like what I was just saying. And then it ended up um, being able to kind of do the side hustle. I've had moments where again, same thing, should I stay or go to a different company? And then had a conversation and vulnerable open moment about what I wasn't liking. And I was able to create like a whole new role for myself within corporate. But I think it's really just about, I've just realized you have to say what you're thinking because nobody's a mind reader. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and be okay with whatever the person responds back with. So that's my, that would be my huge advice on it. And don't always limit yourself to, to think two choices. You may think it's A or B. That power of the third choice is incredibly eye-opening and empowering. And I had, it always helped me in the beginning, other people helped point out the third choice as we were talking talking but I had to speak it I had to say whatever I was thinking out loud to be able to for this even third choice to become like aware for me to be aware of it well and just to underscore one other thing and and I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about this a lot around you know going through the exercise of like what's the worst that could happen so in your example right okay what's the worst that can happen I go and talk my boss and they hate the idea like are they gonna really fire me okay but if they Mm -hmm. do Again, it's like, is that the environment you want to work in where they're not supportive? You know, like, again, what's the worst that can happen? And chances are, most of the time, the worst is not that bad when you really come down to the brass tacks of it, you know? Yeah, really, in my mind, the worst was always just the uncomfortableness of having to have the conversation. Like, really, I mean, that's probably what I got more nervous about initially. It was like, to go have this conversation, I'm going to say this thing, I'm really nervous about it. But then, yeah, what I'm, I, I would always think at the time, well, what, what are they going to do? They're going to fire me. They're not going to fire me over one conversation. And to your point, if they do, oh, man, do you really want to be there? And they're not going to probably fire you on the spot. <laughs> you would have right. a conversation of, well, maybe this isn't the right place for you then if that's what you're looking to do, you know? So, yeah, I think it's just having that courage to understand and just share what it is that you're looking for out of your career with other people that can help make that happen as well along with along with you. Uh, there's two points I want to make on this that kind of around this story that I was just thinking about. So one is you've mentioned a couple of times, a wellness coach. Yeah. Now a lot of folks wouldn't get a wellness coach. So I'm kind of curious because this is pre, you know, the, the furlough and everything like that. What made you like, what, what was the benefits of getting a wellness? Cause why did you decide to get a wellness coach? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is kind of a fun story. So this was actually a friend of mine named Holly and she had started a brand new business doing health okay. and wellness coaching. And so she was just getting started and and needed some new clients. And I knew how smart she was and incredible she was. And so it was two part. One, I saw the value of like, sure, help me with my wellness goals to to feel better in my life. And then two, I wanted to support a friend. (laughs) So full transparency. And so, yeah, so I was one of her first clients um, going through it and it was awesome. She'd come over to my house and we would do our sessions at my house. And it was really interesting because I actually didn't, I had no clue really what to expect out of a wellness coach and how it was going to go. And she helped me realize that just by talking things out, it's like going to therapy in 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 a way, right? Where you Talk, by talking things out and through, I was able to come up with a lot of solutions that if I hadn't actually just been talking them out loud, 
wouldn't have happened. So there was different things like health goals for me. I was trying to lose some weight at the time and trying to figure out just more balance between work and personal things because I just felt like I was working all the time. And I was kind of stressed about that. And so I had high stress um, and just wanted to be healthier, but just like from a mental state, just wanted to chat with her about what is she learning now that she's a new certified wellness coach and how can she help me as she was someone actually that I used to work with on the corporate side. And she did a total role change. And I was like, you know, you know me really well, you know, the environment marketing that we worked in at this big retailer. And so I I valued her, her feedback. And what was cool is we kind of talked through more of like balance in life and like different aspects that were helping me prioritize what parts of the balance wheel are, are most important to me. Um, Cause there's a lot of different facets to our life and not every piece is important to everyone. And right. so kind of picking those pieces. So, so yeah, it was really interesting to go through with her. Well, the reason I bring that up is because that takes, I mean, yes, it's a friend and you were trying to help out, but the reality is you had to have some kind of like courage or some kind of thing, like oh, I'm going to ask for help in this area or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there, I bring that up because this is something I, I was probably naive on for many years where it's like, I, again, it was that mentality of like, I can't do this or I can't start this business or I can't do that. Other people are doing it. I can't do it. And changing the mentality of there's so much information and resources out there. There's so many great online courses out there. There's great coaches to work with. Like if the excuse is, cause this was my excuse of like, Oh, I can't, whatever I can. Uh, like we were talking about Adobe premiere kind of learn, like I can't learn Adobe premiere. Well, yes I can. I can go search mm-hmm. videos on YouTube. I can I can sign up for online courses. I can get help. There's so many avenues in in where we're at here in 2023 as we're recording this. Like, yes. it's just amazing. So I think if if you are struggling with getting started, like I'm not sure where to begin, go search online and see if someone's already done it. Right. See if you can kind yes. of follow the path at least. Would you agree with that? Would there be anything else you share on that? Oh, hundred percent agree. That has been. I'm a huge, I'm a huge advocate of learn from others so that your journey can, you can make your step actions and your success happen a lot faster. Why not learn from someone's 20 years of experience in like a month, you know, you can go deep dive on something from them. We, we live, when I first was starting out in my business, I had no clue really how I wanted, I knew I wanted to do some online courses and I knew I wanted to share my brand storytelling strategy, like consulting work with others in that space to help be like a mentor and help them level up their skills. But I didn't know how to create an online course. That's one aspect of what I do. I do agency, like consulting with my client, corporate clients, but then I also can teach them how to do it themselves through my online courses. I didn't know how to make an online course. I had no idea. Um, So my first course and first coaches I ever invested in was actually with um, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, two big wigs. They had this great course, um, which has changed names now um, to just mastermind.com now. But their whole thing was I learned from them. These guys were billionaires that are sharing advice on how do you start an online business? How do you an online course business? And they're, it's all about the self-education revolution is what they talk about. And I think that's what we're in. We, we, we have so much great access to people now, thanks to the internet and social and all the things that there's no excuse not to learn from someone else. And who wants to like struggle years and years and years trying to figure something out when you could learn and hire a coach, take an online course to learn it faster. hundred percent right. agree. The one other point I want to make on this and share as much as you want um, from a relationship yeah. standpoint, but I'm assuming you didn't make the decision in a vacuum, just leave. You have a husband, 
you have you, you have mm-hmm. your kids there. I know your kids are younger. They probably, you know, weren't too much involved. But maybe fa- other family members. Like, how was the discussions? And maybe is there any encouragement, maybe things you would do differently about those conversations? Hey, I'm going to leave my job. Or, hey, I don't want to go back full time. You can pick where you want to. But I'm just kind of curious. I know that's something. I talk with a lot of folks that struggle with the relationship, like having a deep, honest discussion of like, hey, I don't want to go back to my job or I really want to go deep down in this business. Anything you'd share yeah. on that? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate. My husband's incredibly supportive. Um, so my relationship with him and, and our discussions is he's always been, I'm trying to think of his time where he hasn't, but I think he's always been supportive of like, okay, Sarah, you know what you do best. He doesn't do anything with what I do. He's a biomedical engineer. I do marketing. We use different sides of our brain. And so he's like, you know what you do best. I trust you, you know, to make the best decisions. But obviously from a financial perspective, we talk about these things because like what, how would it impact us and what would be the worst case scenario? So for me, I've always been like someone who really likes to be kind of independent and I, it's important to me to not feel, I want to pull, I want to like pull my own, you know, like in life, it's very uncomfortable for me to feel like, oh, if this doesn't work, I'm just going to live off my husband's income like that. That's, that's just not me. And so having like a large amount in savings is really important for me as like to fall back on as you need to. Um, But having that support. So we just had open conversations about it. So like when I was thinking about starting the side hustle, he was like, yeah, absolutely. Do you th- I mean, it was really a, bo- a matter of, do you think you can work extra hours for a side hustle on top of your you know, existing job? I'm like, I think so. Why not try it? If it doesn't work, I just don't do it anymore. Right. And then when I got furloughed, I mean, gosh, that was such a hit to me because I had a really big transition, Brian, a really like, it was an epiphany for me of realizing how much my identity was tied to my work. And I'd always heard everyone talking about that. And I didn't really think mine was that much, but when I got furloughed, like it hit me, I took it really personal at first where I was like, ouch, that hurts. That hurts. Like when you work for a company for a long time and you're, you know, higher level and you're like, gosh, that hurts. And so I remember like crying when the first happens, I thought, what is going to happen? I'm not going to get paid for these 90 days. You know, like, it's just all those stressors. And so I'm blessed to be, to be, have a really supportive husband. Um, and when I started communicating to him and the stress of, I was like, you know, during furlough, he saw everything I was doing with my business and how hard I was working to, with this idea of changing my side gig into a full-time role. And I was just open with him. I was like, you know, I really like this. And I, I really love the flexibility it gives me because at that time, especially COVID, right? School, our kids in school, are they not in school? Like there was just so much unknowns. So for our family, it was really nice too, because I run my business out of my home. It would give me more flexibility um, to be able to get the kids here and there as we needed to. And so it just worked out better for us and our, our, our jobs and our roles and things of what we were doing. So he was really supportive of it. Um, Oh, probably I'm sure he was probably nervous, more nervous than he probably tells me, right? Because the idea of like losing half, you know, your income is a scary thing. And so that's essentially what I do did, right? When I moved from corporate into my own business now, you don't have the guaranteed corporate paycheck. Um, suddenly you're like on your own. So 
Um, so he was my first, my husband was my investor. I was like, I need to borrow a little bit of money for some computer equipment and stuff. Right. Like, and that was it. So I just think you have to have open conversations about how it could impact the finances. And we have a really great budget, um, tracker document that we kind of keep everything in. So when we looked at that, we felt like we would be fine to take the risk, um, knowing kind of things that were coming up and what we had in savings. Did you give yourself, and maybe you didn't outwardly share this, maybe it was just in your mind, but did you have like kind of a runway for yourself of like, okay, I'm going to try this for X long and C, and if I don't make certain revenue, I'm going to have to figure out, like, did you have anything like that in play? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I feel comfortable that I could do it for a year. And then after that, I would have no money. <laughs> Right. So I was like, okay, I have a year's worth of like savings and things built up. Uh, I, I can do this for a year and let's see how it goes. And so now I'm three years into it now as of today. So, um, so yeah, I think your runway needs to be what you, for me anyway, my runway was money. It was what we felt, what I had to be able to cover expenses and not make it extra stressful on the family. That was really important for me. What were some things you did? So kind of getting into more of the, the, the systems and processes maybe of like getting started. So if someone's getting started today, let's say, and they're like, God, I have this idea. I really want to do this. Uh, and what could be whatever, right? It doesn't have to be a business necessarily. But is there anything, again, you've learned over the last three years, like maybe, again, I always like to say what you've done differently or, hey, this worked really well. I, I put this system in play or I tried that or I did this. Is there anything you would share that was helpful to kind of get you going in the right direction? Yeah. Um, two things. I would say my first advice is if you're thinking about starting something, just start planning now and start saving as if it's already happened. So that was actually some great advice early on when like 2018, 2019, when I was just kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do next. I had a friend who had gone off to just do some freelance consulting work after working in corporate for a very long time, like myself. And she had said to me, well, why don't you just start saving, start saving as if you already are doing like this, your own work and like how much money could you guys put aside now? So you have a little bit more of a nest egg and saving. So it's not as like scary. Cause that was my big, my biggest concern was financial. I just really came back to that. Cause um, it's nerve wracking. You have to pay your bills. You have to do all the things. It's just the reality of the situation. So I would say, start, start saving up like whatever you can, just to have that extra buffer. Um, the other big thing for me going through, and I repeat this mantra to myself all of the time, it's not a systems, but it is something I say to myself. So it's part of my process, which is I always have to tell myself and remind myself, don't compare your beginning to someone else's end. Don't compare your middle to someone else's end. It takes time and everyone's path is different. And that's huge. And that's especially big for me because I worked big corporate, big brands, right? I was used to like all the bells and whistles on things. And then when you get into the entrepreneur world like myself or whatever you're thinking of getting started in, for those of you listening, if it's not that, but something else, you are inevitably going to compare to someone, right? You're going to look and see like who else is in this space. And then you're going to be like, oh, crap. <laughs> They're like doing all these things and I'm not. And you... It just, I think it, unfortunately it's human nature. I mean, comparison can be motivational, but it can also be detrimental if we just let it break us down into not even trying or second guessing our worth or our value or, you know, of what we do and what we can offer to people. 
So, okay. So that'd be like my mental um, process, I would say, is that those things. Um, really from a process perspective, I would say um, the thing that really helped me in the beginning when I was getting started was having business coaches, like hiring these coaches, investing in, in, in these people to help hold me accountable, to keep me motivated, to help me teach me the things that I just didn't know. So like for me, when I was starting out, I looked for programs that were helped fill my gaps. I worked in corporate a long time. I know like my skill and trade of brand storytelling strategy, but like I'd never been an entrepreneur before. How do I run this business? How do I create an online course? Right? Like all those things. So that's been like over the last three years, I've invested in a few different coaches and different things. And that's always been like what I look into for legal. I was like, okay, like what do I need to do legally? And what are contracts and things I need to do? Well, I found a lawyer who specializes in entrepreneurs. She helped me. She created this whole template and gave me all these template forms and things for different contracts that I would need for different clients down the road. It's it. I think that's really important is like a support system of some way. And for me, I just, I relied on experts in these fields that I could just tap into to do that. And then from an organizational perspective, I have this amazing tool that I use called ClickUp. Um, so ClickUp.com. It's a fantastic um, project management tool to really keep you organized on deadlines and to-dos and things. And if you have extended people you work with, you can invite them in. You can kind of see each other's to-do list. Um, but that's a great, super affordable tool. Um, I love that tool. Um, it helps it helps me remember all the things so I don't forget something as well. Um, but you know, from that's just kind of managing the day to day on the account, and that's been really helpful. You know, you mentioned so I'm I'm actually curious to connect the dots on this. This is something I've been thinking about recently, so I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts because you mentioned going in. Obviously, the financial piece was the the challenge to wrap your head around yeah. or whatever. But then investing in business coaches and realizing you actually actually invest money in the business. How did you come to grips with like? all right, this is how much I'm going to spend. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I, yeah. I, I know how I, you know, I kind of live like a minimalist as is like, oh, let me not spend that money because I, I'm, I want to kind of hold the, the acorns or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, well, I have to spend money if I'm going to invest in my business. <laughs> it's kind of this conundrum, right? It do, totally do, is. Like, is there a certain amount you're like, I have to spend on my business to be able to make it, uh, you know, kind of worthwhile? Or is that kind of just on a case by case? So I don't, I wish I could say like, yeah, I've decided it's X percent of my, you know, budget every year, something goes into these development pieces, but it's, it's not that clear cut for me. I think in the beginning I would project out, you know, income versus expenses and then kind of my savings and see what I had, um, all together. And then I would identify a number from that, that I felt comfortable with that wasn't going to deplete my accounts. I still would have money to pay all the bills and things like that, but it was enough that, um, it is a risk. It is a risk, right? You're like, Oh, you're hoping you're going to get something out of this coach. But for me, it's like a mix of feeling comfortable with the number a little, like really a little uncomfortable with the number. Cause you're, you're going to be spending money. Um, but kind of a gut check of the person and f also knowing, well, if I don't learn this, how am I going to advance my business this year? So I think the big thing is, well, if I'll back up here. So one of the other big processes, go back to your answer as well, is annual planning. So I do annual planning for my own business, like I would do on the corporate side. And so I actually do a couple, um, CEO weeks each year, I call them CEO week. And so 
I do like a really big one at in December, like for almost two weeks. I'll just clear my 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 um, calendar and I won't work with any clients during that time. And a week and a half to two weeks, it's just focused on planning for the next year. So, and then in June is when I do my other CEO week where I do like a mid-year. And that one's just for a couple of days, just kind of checking in. It's time, it's a chance to work on your business instead of in your business um, because you can get so busy. Like for me, I'm a service industry. I help others. And so you just get so busy helping everybody else. And so during my annual planning time during those CEO weeks, I'm identifying what for that next year, what is something I really want to grow? What are the things I want to create? And then I'm seeing, well, where are my gaps? So that helps focus me on, well, what should I invest in? And then that helps me find the right people. And then I figure out how much they cost. And then it really just boils down to like their experience level and how much I feel like I'm getting from it. If I feel good about that. Um, I've invested a lot over the last three years in different coaches. I, in in hindsight, there's a few things that I probably didn't need to, but at the time I felt like I did. But um, my big programs that I've invested in, big coaches have always paid off. They've given me the things that I was looking for and that I needed strategically based on the gaps that I felt like I needed. So I think that's the big guidance is understand where your gaps are, um, but don't feel like you have to take all these courses just to advance. If you know the thing, just do it. I think sometimes I, what I've realized in the entrepreneur community is there can sort of be um, information paralysis where you just think you have to keep taking class after class after class and you just keep taking them, but you're not implementing or doing anything right. with it. So you have to make sure you do something with it or else that is a hundred percent wasted money. Yeah. 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 Kind of the, the get, just get started, right? You got to. Yes. Just get started. Like take it, find the person you feel good with, learn from them and then implement, like do it. Well, but, but you bring up, again, this goes back to 2019, right? Is now it's one thing if you're like, you got furloughed and then you're like, I'm starting a business, right? That happens. A lot of people do that. But yeah. to your point earlier is you decided, Hey, I'm going to try to start this a little bit. I'm going to, and and this is, you know, I, I mean, look, we, we talk about podcasters. They're like, both with yours and mine, right? I mean, it's just consistently it, it consistently putting out new episodes, interviewing folks. Like, ha do you always feel like you want to do it at times? No, right? Do I always love the editing process? No. But again, it's having that future vision. Like, what are you trying to do with it? It's the same with the business. What am I trying to do with the business? I think that's a great place for folks to start is like, what's the reason I'm starting the business? Is it, is it I'm, I'm trying to build the next Instagram? Okay, well, all right. Is that what you're trying to do? But is it like, hey, I'm trying to ha change my life. I want to have a different lifestyle. I want to do some different things. I want to help people, whatever it is, right? That whole goes back to the why. If you know that, gosh, it makes it a lot easier to say, I'm going to spend an hour at night on this from my full-time job because it is important. And Mash, if I spend an hour on this or a couple hours a week, what happens in a year? Like how much have I put into this to really start leveling up? You know, that's the big thing is you got to put the time in on it. You can't just talk yeah. about it. And you have to be like rooted, like at least in my world and something that's been very um, obvious to me over the last three years is you have to have some strong connection to what it is that of what you want to do. Otherwise, to your point, there's going to be those days where you just really don't want to do it. And then those days may turn into weeks and months. And then pretty soon it's just not happening. So you have to have a strong drive behind your why around what the heck is it you're doing who do you want to help serve like what is that connection point otherwise you just you won't be motivated enough to keep going long term and I think that's why that's one of the reasons not the only reason it's one of the reasons why a lot of 
new businesses don't last, you know, because they just they just lose interest can be one of those reasons. Yeah, you kind of get burnt out. You just don't. Yeah. You don't you don't feel it. Um yeah, this is good. I'm, I'm looking at the time. Like, I may have to bring you back for a part two to talk only about content and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if we'll have time today. Gosh, it's a good discussion. Um, let's let's stick on the 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 kind of the getting started stuff for today's time. What else would you share? Is there anything else on your mind? Maybe you mentioned Pivot earlier. Is there any other books you'd recommend folks to read? Any maybe it is other courses or guidance on, you know, helping them with their business. What what would you share? Yeah. Um, I, one thing I would share is you're getting started and I'm really feeling this this year in year three, which is interesting, um, that I didn't feel it more in years one and two, but I'm really feeling it now is that you're whatever, whenever you start something, you're going to get a lot of, there's a lot of different advice out there from a lot of different experts and a lot of different people. And so like I work in marketing, right? So I do content marketing, I do brand storytelling strategy. So I have seen, and I have my point of view, right, on what to do around editorial storytelling that's worked for huge brands and driven top ROI. But from a marketing perspective, there's so many different things. There's email, there's social, there's all the individual socials, like what do you do on TikTok versus Instagram versus LinkedIn right. versus this. Do video, don't do video. You have the podcasting world of what you should do there and what's right and what's wrong. And you're going to get like so many tips. And what I'm seeing holistically in the marketing space is I can see how it would be very overwhelming for somebody who is thinking they have to do all of these things. Um, and sometimes the tips people give are contradictory. You may see one that says, you know, do this. And then the other one's saying, don't do this. So I, my advice would just be, and this is someone coming from working in marketing my whole career, is what works for one person isn't necessarily always going to work for you. And also what you don't have to do all the things. And I think when you're just getting started, you need to hyper focus um, so that you do stay focused and you don't get overwhelmed or distracted. Um, I, a great example for my business, like when I was first starting, um, I'm huge on focus anyway, because from a content strategy perspective, I'm all about focus on your three storytelling pillars, like go in on that so you're not distracted and people know what you're about. So Focus has normally not been an issue for me, but like even in that first year of business, first two years of business, I was doing Instagram and LinkedIn. Let's just look at social channel and my email and, and think and my podcast, but Instagram and LinkedIn. And what I found was, well, my audience is more corporate. I've just recently now expanded it into entrepreneurs where I'm going to help serve them as well with content strategy stuff. But this whole time, mainly corporate. And so more of my audience is on LinkedIn than Instagram. Instagram was, um, and what I found though, is I was spending way more of my time on Instagram. I knew I shouldn't be spending as much time, but I just kept getting sucked in and they have such great ways of creating content and stuff. And I kept kind of having this like comparison thing of seeing well, everyone else is doing these things. And maybe I have to do all these things too. And I finally just one month was like, this is crazy. I'm totally ignoring where my audience actually really is, is on LinkedIn. I'm not spending enough time there. And so I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a one month test. What if for one month, I just don't post anything on Instagram and I only post on LinkedIn. Let's see how it goes and see what I think. I did it. <laughs> the world did not collapse. I think sometimes we get scared right. about turning something off. It did not collapse. And actually it was fine. And what I realized was by 
and I never went, I, I, I have an Instagram channel now, but I rarely ever post on it. So now I've just focused everything on LinkedIn. And what I realized is wherever you put your energy to, there's going to be plenty there. So I suddenly switched. I'm all on LinkedIn. There's so many conversations, so many different things that I can do over there that it, I don't feel like I'm not doing anything. So I think that's important to not feel like we have to scatter ourselves thin on things. Yeah, I, I agree fully. I kind of Twitter and LinkedIn are the two where I, just because I do a lot of writing mm-hmm. and to kind of to see how the flushing goes out. And it's been, it's, it's a slow progression, but you start seeing, and by the way, it's not just the one thing I'll say, maybe you agree or disagree, but it, you can't just post, you have to engage as well. You have to uh, yeah. get, jump into the conversation and, you know, you got to walk into the cocktail party and have a few conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Share your thoughts to start building as well. So I think there's a mix of that on those platforms, which they allow for Instagram's kind of hard to do that, right? Instagram's kind yeah. of, Hey, I'm here. It's hard to actually have a conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely ways. It's just, it takes a lot of time. So, and I think an Instagram can be perfect for some companies. So I'm, I'm not putting Instagram down by any means. I'm just sharing this as an example yeah. um, of how much it frees you up and opens you up if you just kind of can focus and take a lot of whatever moments it may be, but trying to just make your life more sane along the way. So this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, kind of sharing a lot of your journey here. I know we went kind of deep into the the getting started stuff. Um, and I will put you on the spot. I'd love to have you for a part two. Maybe we do just storytelling yeah. and, and content. Um, yeah, we can get into the podcast stuff too if anyone's absolutely. interested oh my in gosh, getting started yeah. there. We can do a lot of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. We'll set that up maybe later this year. Where can folks say hello to you if they want to go check out all this stuff you're doing around marketing? Uh, just say, check out your podcast. We're, we're the best uh, spot for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, you can go to my website at kindredspeak.com. Um, if this topic of brand storytelling is interesting to you, you can follow along on my podcast. It's called Marketing with Empathy. Would love to have you over there. And just in general, like I, my whole thing is helping content marketers and communication professionals and entrepreneurs like more confidently navigate this whole world of brand storytelling. So if that resonates with you, you can just hit me up. You can connect on LinkedIn or um, through my website, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Awesome. So thank you so much for being on and uh, look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you. This is great. Hey, everyone. And just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianondraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in and have a phenomenal day.